I'm really speaking about all of humanity, you know, without exception of anybody, you know. And I, I know that um, a lot of the content in the songs is very heavy, you know, but uh, see, fantasy is what people want, but reality is what they need. And I've just retired from the fantasy part because I realized that. All over, all over, all over. 
I emerge from cocoons as a papillon. Hungry caterpillar blossom from a dream fully grown. Used to be scary, wonder what they think of me. All fears evolved in the confidence eventually. Now I rip stages, bust down the microphone. Study with the sages, dust down the microphone. Channeling the greatest, speak through the mouthpiece. Little red bone fire starter from the southeast. Run with the warriors, armors on my chest plate. Meet you with the battle horns, blaring at the west gate. No time for dead weight, I'm moving vertically. Will I miss the planet when I blast off? Certainly, don't take it personally. Earth and zone and the sign. Difference gets you hunted like contestants on the running man. Homogeny is dated, and I am the future. I'm headed for the sun and the moon. Punky Brewster. Brewster. Step into your spaceship, atmospheric hovering. Wind blown, starseeds, black soil covering. Germinating heavyweights, deep space navigate. Chance of song, elevate. Cosmic sound, muttering, muttering, muttering. My arms crossed, standing on 360. Long skirt, gold hoop, rings like a gypsy. Pull your heartstrings till your eyeballs are misty. Emotions hard to swallow like a strong shot of whiskey. Shifting, transformate as I'm lifting. Light beam shine, got the body form glistening. My grind metaphysical, spiritual hustler. I am a wild seed like Octavia Butler. They study my demeanor. Trying to get my lotus pose. Drop a cool 16 with my poet's prose. Like I'm Nikki. Definitely not my nod, Giovanni. I'm tripping off my ego with my duke. Falani, Wallahi, I am not the last but the first. I journey to the planet so my star seeds disperse. I put it in the ditty so you memorize my verse. And I'm making revolutions cause I send black desserts. Step into your spaceship, atmospheric hovering. Wind blown star seeds, black soil covering. Germinating I'm spinning like a vortex, astral form vibrate, well-developed cortex, lesser rapids irate. They song to space, make the crowd titillate and gyrate. I give them sustenance and make glands salivate. Rock a show, fitted in some skinny pants, high waist. Don't let the look fool you, bruh. My flow annihilates. Living in now, why wait? Show them love, why hate? You scared to get your achy ticket broke like race. Sirate, I take it easy, blood. I'm a smooth operator. I won't bomb you now, but I will freeze you later. Cause ignorance is secretly the deep nominator. That's commonly found in your I know for paper, I'm known as the savior, so I'm a civilizer. That's the only way a savage live with a fiber. I came from the mothership, just ask Elijah, cause this space cadet can't get any flyers. Flying into your spaceship, atmospheric hovering, wind blown star seeds, black soil covering, germinating heavyweights, deep space navigate, chance of home elevate, cosmic sound, uttering, uttering. And so when we study the ancient gods, understand you are the incarnate virtue of those ancient gods.
joyous, joyful exaltations, and greetings to those who liberate themselves. Welcome to Women Wednesday. I'm your host, Mariama Tane. Blessings, greeting, love, and strength to all. Tonight's theme, tonight's theme is a continuation of 10. 10, unifying within through the knowledge of 10, part two. Unifying within through the knowledge of 10, part two. In the Bible, the number 10 is used on many occasions to signify testimony, law, and responsibility. The number 10 is seen as a complete and perfect number. In the praise up, I'm going to start off with the parable of the 10 talents. The parable of the 10 talents, that's Matthew 25, 14 to 30. But the kingdom of heaven is a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he had he that had received two, he also gained another two. But he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time the Lord had the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoned with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained besides them five talents more. His law said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two talents, came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents besides them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many. I will make thee ruler over many. Overstand. His Lord said unto him, That which had received one talent came and said, Lord, I know thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and I went and hid thy talent in the earth, lo, there thou hast is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, you knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gathered where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest, therefore, to have put my money to the exchanges. And then at my coming, I should have received my own with usury. Take, therefore, the talent from him, and give it to him which hath ten talents. Overstand, take, therefore, the talent from him. 
and give it to him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that shall be given, and he shall receive and shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So the saying, we're all bestowed with one or more talents. And it's up to us to flip those, okay? And out of those find others, and out of others make friends, and with the friends of those, new ones become. That's the way it works. If not, take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which hath ten talents. Because best believe, people are watching you as you watch them, and they're learning from you. And if you don't use what, they, what you've learned for you, they will in turn use what they learned by watching you and make that talent theirs. In Yeshua's name. In Yeshua's name. We're going to take a music moment and come back with tonight's topic, tonight's theme. Unifying within through the knowledge of ten. Blessings and grace. And when you 
wants to realize what's waiting for you on the other side. Decide with your potency. Decide that can shine bright through adversity. I will not quit. No stops. I will no more. God, no. Gotta keep on with the keeping on. Pass through the storm. Find your full way, full way. Some don't like to see others win. Never mind, girl, go ahead with it. Humble and me and I, you thankful I 
Blessings and grace through the blessings of our own mind. From the great Messiah, Marcus Garvey. Unifying within through the knowledge of ten. We're going to start off this evening with the ten sephira, which is part of the tree of life. Now in the Kabbalah, the tree of life that is in the center is a complex formula of existence the flow of creation from the divine earth and back to the divine. It is the tree of life and knowledge, a magical key on how, to, on, on how life manifests itself. The tree of life is comprised of the ten sephira with 22 paths in connecting them. The Kabbalah is a framework for the Hebrews' mystical thoughts. The left column is called the pillar of severity. It represents the female aspect of creation and contains three sephira, bina, understanding, gaborah, severity, and had, splendor. The right column is called the pillar of mercy. It represents the male aspect of creation and contains three sephira, chokma, wisdom, chesed, mercy, Netzach, victory. The middle pillar is called pillar of equilibrium, balance. It represents the balance between the male and the female pillars. It contains four sephira, Kether, the crown, Tifereth, beauty, Yeshad, foundation, and Malkus, kingdom. Now, the tree in the Garden of Eden, the tree legend became the Hebrew legend of the Garden of Eden. In the center of the garden grew the tree of life guarded by a snake, the main river flowing from the Eden to water the garden, spread out into four major directions. So the tree of life and depth psychology 
from the depth psychology perspective, the tree is seen as a powerful symbol of growth. And the tree is the only living thing that continues to grow throughout its lifetime. The tree is also the symbol for the true self and serves as a positive, healthy model for the unfolding development of both the psyche and the spirit. As we grow and develop, a larger and more mature personality emerges and begins to flower and fruit, providing its gifts and bounties to the wider world. And in Christianity, the tree is seen as both the vehicle by which sin came into the world via the serpent encouraging humanity to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden and a symbol of redemption. As Yeshua was crucified on a cross made from a tree, the image of Yeshua on the cross is the symbol of the world savior on the tree of life. The life and teaching of Christ is a model of path of initiation on the tree of life. Even in Buddhism, it was it was beneath the great Bodhi tree that the great tree of enlightenment that Bodhi that Buddha was said to redeem the whole universe under its protective branches. Under this world tree, the Buddha transformed all negative temptations and energies and achieved perfect enlightenment. And then the tree of life is also an alchemy from the alchemical tradition. The tree of life is a symbol of the opus magnum, the goal of the alchemical journey, which is to find the gold, the philosopher's stone, the elixir of life. A branch from the tree of life was said to protect the alchemist on his journey or her journey through the alchemical stages of separation, decay, and purification. A quote from the Teachrim Chemicum says, plant the tree on the lapis that the birds of the sky can come and reproduce on its branches. It is from there that wisdom rises. Even in Nordic mythology, Odin is the god who rules all magic and guards the great well of wisdom and knowledge at the root of the world tree, whose strength supports the entire universe. And in the, in, in the shamanic cosmologies, the cosmic tree is said to connect the underworld, the middle world, and the above world. During initiation, the shaman learns to travel comfortably in all three realms. In some traditions, the underworld contains power animals and helper guides for healing. And in Native American culture, the sun dance, right, the dancers attach themselves to a central pole. It's a symbol of the world tree. Maypole dancers are attached to the tree with brightly colored streams to get revitalized after the long winter. The sun dancers are attached to the pole by a rope that is hooked by their own flesh. The sun dance promotes vitality, and the energy generated around the axis of the tree is said to bring life into being. So the tree of life, and so the path of the ten sephira or the emanations or enumerations from the very heart of the Kabbalistic theology or, theof or theophysy, 
The sephirah are the ten archetypal attributes or characteristics of the Godhead. A distinction is made in Kabbalah between the unknowable Godhead, the insuf, or the infinite, and the noble qualities of God represented by the sephirah. The idea of ten archetypal qualities first appears in a pre-Kabbalistic text called the Sefer Yetzira. And they are next found in the Sefer Bahir, one of the earliest treaties of Kabbalah proper. Kabbalah developed the Sephira have been given different meanings, each layer meaning being superimposed over the earlier one. The arrangement of the Sephira in the Tree of Life has also differed slightly. So it's important to visualize the ten sephira as being connected by pathways that go both down and across, and particularly the pathway of the sensor columns. The sensor column 1, 6, 9, and 10, the sum of which incidentally equals 26, which is the gematria of the Hebrew letters, Y-H-V-H, the name of God. The central pillar and the two side columns have also been identified with central nadi and the two side channels of the tantric kundalini system. Okay, so the first one, Katar, Katar is, you know, Katar is the ancient holy one. Right, the origin of the will before, right, before, the origin of the will. And Hakma is wisdom, the seed, the primordial point, the beginning, the origin of thought. And the Bina is understanding, right, loving kindness, redemption. Depth and Hesed. Hesed is the upper waters. Mercy. Hesed is mercy. Is represented by the lion. Understand. And Gavara is stern judgment. Stern judgment. The severe attributes of justice. The darkness, the night, the cloud, the midst, evil inclinations, stern judgment. And Tiferet is beauty. It's the heaven and the sun. It's truth, humility, the heart, harmony. Netza is victory. God's active grace in the world. The victory is the active grace. And Hod is glory, which is the power of prophecy. And Yesod is the foundation, the source, the righteous one. And Malkut is the kingdom, the dust of the mundane world. The dust of the, of the mundane world. 
So in Judaic Kabbalah, the ten essences refer to the ten aspects of the divine personality. They make up the world high above the phenomenal world. As in the Christian cosmology, there is an unabridged ontological gulf between the noble God, the ten sephira, and the creation. The one is to devote him or herself to understanding the sephira, and by doing so, arrives at an understanding of and an approach to the nature of the Most High. In in the hermetical sense, in contrast, the ten sephira pertain to ten aspects of what could be called the astral or magical world. In contrast with dualistic themes, but in keeping with the emanationist understanding that all these energies emanate from the Most High and reverberate within us as we all riding our own frequency wave. There are then ten intermediate stages between the indescribable infinite or absolute and the mundane reality. There's levels to it. They are identified with ten grades of magical initiation and seven planets of traditional astrology, with the lowest Malkut representing the earth and the two highest, the fixed stars and the sphere of the most high. And with numerological analysis of the numbers one to ten, the 22 paths which link the ten sephira are identified with one of the 22 Hebrew letters and the 22 major arcana. Thus, not only each sephira has a particular archetypal meaning, but each path as well, making 32 archetypes altogether. By the proper means, therefore, it is possible to invoke any of these fundamental essences. You know, the Sephira system are not so much attributes or structures of the body of the Most High. Only remnants of the original Jewish theology remain. You know, so this is supposed to be all located within the human body. Within the human body. So, Keter is the crown and the position of the body, of course, is the crown of the head. And that's the Godhead, the self, the prime mover, the God within the self, the I and I. And the Hokma, which is the wisdom, is the left side of the face. Overstand the grand man and the grand plan. And it represents the wise, and it's the male polarity. And Bina, understanding the right side of the face, is the female polarity. And that, which is knowledge, which is also death, overstand, is the throat. The throat is in the power of the word. Chested mercy. Mercy is in the left arm. And Gavura's strength and power is in the right arm. And that's the warrior. 
So Chesed is the king seated on a throne, and Gavura is the warrior, Jupiter and Mars, the left arm and the right arm. And the Tipareth, which is the vision of higher self, who in your mind's eye you see yourself to be. That's the heart of you, the heart that's in the breast. That's the sun. Christ, ego, self. And Netzah is emotions and spontaneity. And that's in your loins, left hip, left leg. Right? And that's represented by Venus. And Hod, which is the intellect, is the loins, again, the right hip, the right leg. And that's Mercury. Because the loins are mercurial. <laughs> Overstand. And Yesid, the astral plane, the unconscious, that's the genitals, ruled by the moon. Kuf, physical reality, as seen through the imagination. The feet, earth, where you stand, where you be, and how you be. You know, and so the decade is the philosophy of the number 10. And so we get the word decade. And in music, it's a specific cluster of 10 musical notes. You know, 10, 10 in numerology, it has a number of variant meanings. You know, it's 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 letter is calf, which is the palm of the hand ruled by Jupiter, the great fortune planet, manifesting universe with its three forms of manifestation. And then you have the ten wands, fire, it's called oppression. And the constant use of force kills the energy of manifestation. Right, and then water, satiety. And air, ruin, and earth, wealth. In Egypt, the number was connected with the measurement of time and space. And when analyzing the numbers and the mystery of Kabbalah and the major arcana, we must remember that among the principles, we find that the ten sephira, which are the categories of manifestation, each existing in four worlds, reflected within you know you have earth, fire, water, and air within earth is the world of action, fire is the mental, water is the emotional, air is the astral psychological. Astral psychological. And within Pythagoras and numbers and their divine power, starting with the point that is symbolically the center, the seed, the source, and drawing a circle, around it we get a symbol called the monad. And the monad represents the number one, and the monad is also called essence, foundation, and unity. Pythagoras believed the monad to be the most high. 
In contemplating itself, the circle becomes two, creating a line that connects the two centers of the circle. It's called the dyad. The Greek philosophy. The, the Greek philosophers believe that the dyad divides and unites, and the equilateral triangle represents the triad. The triad symbolizes wisdom, peace, and harmony because the triangle represents balance, stability, and strength. The tetrad is the shape of a square that exists within the circle. Four symbolizes completion, and pentad is the shape of the star. The pentad was used as a secret sign among the Pythagoreans. The image of the pentad is found in nature in leaves and flowers. The Greeks believed that each point of the pentad to represent an element, water, earth, air, fire, and idea. Overstand. Ideas are elements. And the decade, the decad, represents the number 10, symbolizing both material world and heaven. The decad is our formula of the creation of the universe. That's what the Pythagoreans believed. You know, and then so the triple modes of existence that exist within the decad is Sattva, which represents positive, pure, pleasure, divine. Rahas, which represents controlling, mixed, selfish desires, human. And Tamas, which represents negative, impure, pain, and demonic. There are levels and degrees of the elements and the elementals that affect and reflect our mental. Understand. So we have the crown. We have to crown ourselves with knowledge and understand how these numbers are directions inward and how all of the intelligent peoples of the planet had utilized the same system to grow within themselves. And the Egyptian tree of life, in Egyptian mythology, the first couple are Isis and Osiris, and they have emerged from the acacia tree of the Luasiset, which the Egyptians considered the tree of life. Egyptians considered the tree of life to be the tree in which life and death are enclosed. The direction east was associated with the direction of life, the direction of the rising sun, and the direction west was seen as the direction of death of underworld because sun sets in the west. Egyptian creation myths refer to a serpent and a primordial egg which contained a bird of light. And we are that bird of light. And we carry it within us to shine before us and to show the path for those after us. So overstand and take your decade seriously. What's ahead for you for the next 10 years? What's the essence and the foundation? What kind of unity is going to happen within you? So your actions can have a completion. Symbolizing 
the foundation so you can stand on your square. You know, and this has to all come through the crown, the wisdom, the understanding, the knowledge, the mercy and generosity, the strength, the power, the vision of your higher self, overstanding your emotions and allowing for spontaneity, and the intellect must be crafted and expanded and cultivated and nurtured. So that while you're unconsciously in the astral plane, overstand, more can be made available to you. So that your physical reality, which is Malkuth, represented by feet on earth, can be replenished and regenerated by those actions. And Yeshua's name blessings and strength. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the going gnosis. Again, looking at the mirror, making sure it's all the same. Has it been a year, making sure I understand that I'm looking here in the place where I am? Breathe, cheers to the long night sessions, cheers to the time they turn to confessions. When you write your fears and hopes on the paper, music is the way I acknowledge the maker. Fortunately, it's my art, what you listen to is my heart. I probably lose heart because I shared so much. I probably lose friends because I care about my people more than catching our stars. Peace to the ones on my side as my equals. Peace to the ones with your gaps of the people. No, my strength don't come from the evil. I sing songs from my heart. Cause I am it From the day I started To the day I departed
and grace, and I'm back with your go and gnosis, the news infused with consciousness. I'm going to start off first tonight with abcnews.go.com. Dylan Roof, sentenced to death, first to get the death penalty for federal hate crimes. I believe a shift is happening. Dylan Roof, 22, has been sentenced to death for killing nine black churchgoers doing a Bible study in Charleston, South Carolina. The jury's decision had come to be unanimous to sentence Ruth to death. This is the first time a death penalty verdict was rendered federal hate crime case, said the Justice Department. The jury began deliberating Ruth's fate earlier today. After Ruth told the jury in a closing statement, I still feel like I had to do it. That's what he said in his closing statement. I still feel like I had to do it. The verdict comes to an end in the federal death penalty case in which he was convicted of hate crimes resulting in the death, among other charges. Ruth also faces a state trial in which he may again face the death penalty. Melvin Graham, brother of slain churchgoer Cynthia Hurd, said after the sentence was read, today we had justice for my sister. Both he called Ruth's sentence a very hollow victory because the sister is still gone. He says, I wish the verdict could have brought her back. So at least this man is sentenced to death, and hopefully death he shall get for causing death to others. And in the DailyMail.co.uk, Poland defends the far right weekend march that was had that saw 60,000 call for an Islamic Holocaust. 60,000 people. Insisting the day was a great celebration of Poles. Poland's foreign ministry says that Independence Day march was largely an expression of patriotic values. Sound familiar? But this is a bigger event than we've seen here in America in a long time. The event in Warsaw on Saturday, organized by far-right groups, was attended by some 60,000 people. And some attendants were carrying placards calling for a white Europe and pray for an Islamic holocaust. And Poland's foreign minister is insisting that it was just um, an expression of patriotic values. Now, the ministry strongly condemns racist, anti-Semitic, and xenophobic ideas, saying that Saturday's Independence Day march was a great celebration of Poles united around the common values of freedom and loyalty to an independent homeland. Sound familiar? saying it was not justifiable to define the march based on some incidental elements. So this event was organized by far-right groups, 
and they had messages saying white Europe of brotherly nations. There was definitely a spiritual war going on. They're calling for an Islamic Holocaust. And then you have Trump over here just calling for a referendum on them being even being able to be able to get into the country. Let's pray for understanding and to break down barriers. And also in the Daily Mail, um, we have to pray for the ones in Costa Rica. A 6.5 magnitude earthquake hits Costa Rica as the president urges people to prepare for aftershocks. The country's public safety ministry said that there were reports of two serious injuries. President Luis Guillermo Solis said government was still gathering information. And the U.S. Geological Survey said earthquakes entered about 10 miles from the town of Jaco. And four minutes after the initial earthquake, a magnitude 5.2 aftershock then hit. 6.5, there are earthquakes and all kinds of things happening all across the world. We have to pray for ones and hope that ones are, you know, heeding preparedness and not thinking that it cannot happen to them in some way, shape, or form. And also we have to pray for ones in Iran. A powerful earthquake along the Iran-Iraq border has killed more than four. A powerful 7.3 magnitude earthquake near the Iraq-Iran border killed over 400 people across both countries, sent residents fleeing their homes into the night, and was felt as far away as the Mediterranean coast, authorities said on Monday. Iran's western Kermanasha province bore the brunt of, of the Temblor Sunday night, with authorities saying the quake killed 407 people in the country and injured 6,700. Kermanasha is a rural mountainous region where residents rely main, mainly on farming. In Iraq, the earthquake killed at least seven people and injured 535, all in the country's northern Kurdish region, according to Iraq's interior ministry. The quake was centered 19 miles outside of eastern Iraq City, Halabaja. According to the most recent measurements from the U.S. Geological Survey, it struck at 9.48 p.m., just as people began retiring for the night. And it could be felt on the Mediterranean coast some 660 miles away. And the earthquake struck 14.4 miles below the surface, as shallow depths can amplify damage, and the magnitude 7 earthquakes can be highly destructive. So pray for the ones where the ground is shaking beneath them and has done so in Costa Rica and Iran and Iraq, that they may gather themselves and their spirits and their lives after experiencing something like that. And on the nationalpost.com, I found something ironic the Heart Association president has a heart attack during a heart health conference. Like, wow. John Warner, president of the American Heart Association, had just finished a speech outlining his family's susceptibility to heart attacks. He just spoke on his family's susceptibility. And he's recovering after he suffered a heart attack at the heart health conference. On Monday, Warner was attending a major gathering of heart scientists in Anaheim, California, where he suffered what is described as a 
heart attack. He was taken to a local hospital where doctors inserted a stent to open a clogged artery, read a statement by the American Heart Association, and Warner 52 was a Dallas-based interventional cardiologist with a long clinical history and some of the precise conditions that afflicted him on Monday, including early-onset heart attacks. Now, he's an expert in the condition that afflicted him. So that's teaching. That's a teaching moment. You know, as we funnel out information and referral and help to others, we have to also apply that to ourselves. God bless this man and his family because then, you know, he's here by what he's working against. And on theguardian.com, Russia has been found to have used hundreds of fake accounts to tweet about Brexit, the data shows. So just like they were meddling within our borders using Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, it's now been found that researchers find that accounts run from St. Petersburg Troll Farm, a St. Petersburg troll farm, and um, who tried to sow discord between Britons over the referendum. So concern about Russians' influence in British politics has intensified as it emerged that more than 400 fake Twitter accounts believed to be run from St. Petersburg published posts about Brexit. Researchers at the University of Edinburgh identified 419 accounts operating from the Russian Internet Research Agency, attempting to influence U.K. politics. Out of 2,752 accounts suspended by Twitter in the U.S., one of the accounts run from the Kremlin-linked operation attempted to stir anti-Islamic sediment during the Westminster Bridge attack in March in a bogus post claiming that a Muslim woman ignored victims. Overstand how seeds are being planted a claim that was highlighted by mainstream media, including Mail Online and The Sun, for days after the tweets were, the Twitter Twitter universe was was gleefully sharing this press clipping, and it was not true. A day later, you know, that's when the truth came out. But the damage had already been done. And that's just one instance you know, of all the thousands of times that different fake accounts, like this one account is by, it says Texas Lone Star. It's a picture of a Caucasian man with a, with a, um, with a cowboy hat on. So it's, you know, fronting like it's his account, but it's really run from the Kremlin. You know, we have to feel what's important and what's real. You know, you can't believe everything you read. You know, like my mother used to tell me, believe half of what you see, half of what you feel, and all of what you believe. Overstand. And something I found interesting was on um, on um, in um, Georgia, a networking event aims to help white people meet a black person. Can you imagine? Aims to help white people meet a black person, according to CNN. It's reportedly a real attempt to bridge the racial divide in America, and white people who don't have any non-white friends are being asked to attend. The event will be hosted by Urban Media Makers, which is a group of independent black filmmakers and content creators. Now, that's the part I found particularly interesting. 
as to the motive of what they're doing. So you see that these are filmmakers and content creators, and just this interaction alone will generate lots of content. <laughs> so in the black community, we know of white people who don't have a lot of black friends, founder Cheryl Moses said, but still seeing a statistic about it just opened our eyes. I still think it's a good idea. According to the event's Facebook page, they are hoping to do something to positively challenge the negativity that's being permeated. The idea of Come and Meet a Black Person Network event came about when we recently found out that 75%, this is an astounding number, 75% of white people in the United States, of Caucasians in the United States, do not have non-Caucasian friends. 75% of Caucasians in the United States do not have non-Caucasian friends. According to the New York Magazine, okay, white people, Caucasian people, continue to deploy the phrase, I have a ton of black friends, to justify casual racism. But it's not actually true for three-quarters of white America. So look for that event to happen in a city near you. You know, meet a black person. <laughs> so they're going to get plenty of content, and hopefully we'll see a documentary of some sort. And also some, some um, understanding can be had by one, and it could be truly something that could be, you know, um, change-filled for the ones that attend. And Yeshua's name, hope for the best, prepare for the worst, and keep your eyes up. We're going to take a music moment and come back with technology. Blessings and grace. Lost are the daughters, 
Jails and jobs is the root to the problem. Open up the mind and then we can solve them. Stop competing, come together for a cause. And the ones who are lost shall be the first. And the meek will inherit the earth. Up and out the highest. for human rights, breathing in belief and choking on polluted skies. These are the ingredients that raise the question, who am I? To be a hero, village to city so dad can make it better. Survivors killed like why my life was made for better. He is hero, I am not. Who am I to be a hero? I am not with cape, I am not strength, I am not made from heaven sent. I am not one without my flaws, I am not praised, ordained, adored. Who am I to be a hero? Who am I to not? They said not all heroes wear capes. Villains do too. They said not all heroes wear capes. They said not all heroes tell. I said we don't need a hero. I said we heroes ourselves. Maybe we can save ourselves. Put on a cape ourselves. Find all our gifts ourselves. Dust the hope from the shelves. Pause. I will convince you to find yours. Because we are our own heroes.
Blessings and grace, and we're back with technology. I'm going to start off today on TheVerge.com. The FDA has approved the first digital pill. A digital pill. Okay? So, Abilify My Site raises new privacy concerns. The Food and Drug Administration has approved the first digital pill for the U.S., which tracks if patients have taken their medication. So there's a digital pill that the FDA has approved that you take and will track if you've taken their medication. And the pill called Abilify My Site, M-Y-C-I-T-E, Abilify My Site, is fitted with a tiny ingestible sensor that communicates with the patch worn by the patient. The patch then transmits medication data to a smartphone app, which the patient can voluntarily upload to a database for their doctor and other authorized persons to see. Abilify is a drug that treats schizophrenia. Okay, look what look at who they're putting this in. The schizophrenic bipolar disorder and is an add-on treatment for depression. 
Abilify MySight features a sensor the size of a grain of sand made of silicon, copper, and magnesium. An electrical signal is activated when the sensor comes into contact with stomach acid. The sensor then passes through the body naturally. <laughs> naturally. A patch the patient wears on their left rib cage. Understand where they're putting it at, the left rib. They're still trying to get to the epinoa. Receives the signal several minutes after the pill is ingested. And the patch then sends data like the time the pill was taken and the dosage to a smartphone app over Bluetooth. The patch also records activity levels, sleeping patterns, step taken, activity, and heart rate, and must be replaced every seven days. The patient's doctor and up to four people chosen by the patient, including family members, can access the information. The patient can revoke access at any time. The pill comes after years of research and is a venture between Japanese pharmaceutical company Otsuka and digital medicine service Proteus Digital Health, which makes the sensor. The pill is one way to address the prevalent problem of patients not taking their medication correctly. With the IMS Institute estimating that the improper and unnecessary use of medication the improper and unnecessary use of medication costs, the U.S. healthcare sector, over $200 billion in 2012. The approval also opens the door for pills that are used for other conditions beyond mental health to be digitized. Okay? So now the approval has opened the door for pills that are used for other conditions beyond mental health to be digitized. So although um, so experts, though, have expressed concerns over what the pill might mean for privacy, some are worried that tracking pills will be a step toward p punishing patients who don't comply. Amet Shawapwi, an, an instructor in medicine at Harvard Medical School, told the New York Times, the digital pill has the potential to improve public health, but if used improperly, it could foster more mistrust instead of trust. You think not? The Wall Street Journal reports that the FDA is anticipating a potential raft of approval requests for other digital pills. A spokesperson told the publication the FDA is planning to hire more staff with deep understanding of software development in relation to medical devices and engage with entrepreneurs on new guidelines. Otsuka hasn't indicated how much the digitized Ambilify pills will cost yet. The Wall Street Journal reports that the company plans to work with some insurers, overstaying their hand-in-hand -hand with the insurers, and covering the digitized pills with production plans to be ramped up only if it can find willing insurers. So this is a call to the insurers to get on board digitized pills. Okay, with with its main feature sensor, the size of a grain of sand. That's why we have to rely on the nature of the most high, because they're trying to digitize and genetically modify your innards. Overstand. Electric.co has London is installing electric car charging stations inside of lampposts for street charging. I think that's a great idea. Electrical vehicles face a challenge of urban adoption due to the difficulty of charging when you often have to park on city streets. So London is trying to address the problem by expanding a program 
to install EV charging stations inside of the street lampposts. Nordic countries had an advantage here since they already had the street infrastructure to plug into block heater during the winter. So they were able to leverage the same hardware to enable street charging for electric vehicles. So this is a wonderful thing, using the lampposts as charges for the electric cars. And also on electric.co, Geely acquires U.S. startup to try to bring flying cars to market. The term flying car is often misused to describe passenger drones, which are simply aircraft at their core. But the term is appropriate for terrafugia, which makes vehicles that can both drive on roads and fly in the sky. Now, Geely, or Geely, excuse me, Geely, the Chinese automotive company behind Volvo, announced that it acquired the company in order to bring their technology to market. Terrafuga was founded by five MIT graduates, and they have been working on their flying car technology for a decade, during which um, time they built several prototypes. Um, so the first started with the internal combustion engine vehicles, but they also unveiled an, an electric version last year, um, which is called the TF-X. So... The plug-in hybrid vehicle has a range of 500 miles, according to the company. Geely wants to leverage its knowledge and technology through its other subsidiaries, which are also electric like Volvo and Lincoln Company, in order to bring Terrafrica's flying cars to market. They want to bring flying cars to market. So after this announcement and Damla investing $30 million in all-electric vertical takeoff and landing aircraft early this year, you know, one's starting to think that they're going to start seeing things move faster in this space soon. You know, so, I mean, of course, it's going to be a big issue purely from a regulatory standpoint. You know, what kind of license do you need to operate those vehicles? Where can you operate and land them? You know, and even if you have the right to operate them, is it safe to significantly increase the number of flying objects over our heads? Right? So these technologies have a lot of potential to also reduce traffic and traveling time. So, you know, in a way it's worth exploring, but it's interesting to see, you know, large and serious company like Ely getting behind this startup and Daimler also investing so much money. And um, this is the company that um, owns Volvo, Overstan, what the times are bringing. And on NewYorkTimes.com, floating cities are no longer science fiction. And they begin to, sh to um, take shape. Just want to give a blessings up to my brother-in-law. Uh, may he rest in power. He was, a ma he was a marine biologist, Manuel. And he believed and talked about the floating cities and using the waters, and even um, he even had ideas and um, plans for underwater cities, for that matter. God bless ideas. And now we're getting toward that being a reality. It's an idea at once audacious and simplistic and seemingly impossibility that is now technologically within reach. Cities floating in international waters, independent, self-sustaining nation-states at sea. Long the step of science fiction, so-called seasteading, understand that term, instead of homesteading, it's seasteading, has in recent years matured from purely fantasy into something approaching reality. And there are now companies, academics, architects, and even government working together on a prototype by the year 2020. 
2020. At the center of the effort is the Sea Setting Institute, a nonprofit organization based in San Francisco. Founded in 2008, the group has spent about a decade trying to convince the public that sea setting is not an entirely crazy idea. Okay, so that has not always been easy. At times, the story of sea setting movement seems to lapse into a self parody. You know, um, the project is being partially funded by an initial corn offering, an ICO, a new, um, which is a new concept sweeping Silicon Valley and Wall Street in which money can be raised by creating and selling virtual currency. And yet in 2017, with sea levels rising because of climate change and established political orders around the world teetering under the strains of populism, seasteading can seem not just practical but downright appealing. Earlier this year, the government of French Polynesia agreed to let Seasetting Institute begin testing in its waters. Constructing um, will begin soon on the first floating buildings. The nucleus of a city might be, in, might be inhabitable in just a few years. If you could have a floating city, it would essentially be a startup country, said Joe Quirk, president of the Seasetting Institute. We can create a huge diversity of governments for a huge diversity of people. Hmm. The term sea setting has been around since at least 1981 when the avid sailor Ken Nuremer wrote the book Sailing the Farm that discussed living sustainably aboard a sailboat. Two, de two decades later, the idea attracted the attention of Patrick Friedman, the grandson of the economist Milton Friedman, who seized on the notion. So Mr. Friedman, a freethinker who founded intentional communities, overstand communes, right, um, cooperative living, intentional communities, while in college was living in Silicon Valley, at the time was inspired to think big. So in 2008, he quit his job at Google and co-founded the Sea Setting Institute with seed funding from Peter Thiel, the libertarian billionaire. So in a 2009 essay, Mr. Thiel described sea setting as a long shot, but one worth taking. Between cyberspace and outer space lies the possibility of settling the ocean. So the investment from Mr. Thiel generated a flurry of media attention, and so um, they're moving forward. And this is really happening, seasteading, big up to the big idea. And um, also on KGW.com, Bill Gates buys a big chunk of land in Arizona to build a smart city. And last week's pod, I think last week or the week before, I mentioned about how in Saudi Arabia they're building an AI city. Well, so is Bill Gates in Arizona. Bill Gates is known for innovation and those kind of things. Um, he thinks he picked the right place. He's coming to Arizona. One of Bill Gates' investment firms has spent $80 million to kickstart the development of a brand-new community in the far west valley. The large plot of land is about 45 minutes west of downtown Phoenix off of I-10 near Tanoa Community, made up of close to 25,000 acres of land. It's called Belmont. According to Belmont Partners, a real estate investment group based in Arizona, the goal is to turn the land into its own smart city. Belmont will create a forward-thinking community with a communication and infrastructure spine that embraces cutting-edge technology. 
designed around high-speed digital networks, data centers, new manufacturing technologies, and distribution models, autonomous vehicles, and autonomous logistic hubs, Belmont Partners said in a news release. Ronald Scott, Executive Emeritus at the Amazon, at, excuse me, at the Arizona Technology Council, said that um, the land that Gates Company purchased is in a good spot, in part due to the proposed I-11 freeway, which could run right through Belmont and connect to Las Vegas. Bill Gates is known for innovation and those kind of things. I think he picked the right place. He's coming to Arizona, Shot said. According to the Belmont Partners, 3,800 acres will go towards office, commercial, and retail space. Then 470 acres will be used for public schools. A smart city with public schools. Plus, there's room for 80,000 residential units, comparable in square miles and projected population to Tempe, Arizona. Belmont will transform a raw blank slate into a purpose-built edge city built around flexible infrastructure model, said Belmont Properties. Finally, Arizona is getting recognized for being a place for innovation, added Scott. So um, there's no word when construction is going to start, but a smart city. It's coming to Arizona with room for 80,000 residential units, with, with um, 470 acres will be used for public schools. Technology is here and happening. Technology, right? Knowledge, know the ledge. Bigthink.com. So this 100 million startup plans to put chips into human brains to enhance intelligence is on thebigthink.com. If you could, would you delete some memories you don't like and replace them with much better ones? How far would you be willing to go to tweak your brain if you could give yourself super abilities? These are not just hypothetical questions to Brian Johnson, the founder of the Brain Hacking Startup. That's, that's a thing now. A brain hacking startup called Kernel. He believes that in the next 15 years, humans will be able to greatly expand their brain's natural abilities, and he's put $100 million of his own money to make that happen. Speaking recently at the Web Summit in Lisbon, Johnson said that in the next two decades, researchers could develop tools for the brain that will allow us to pose any question we wanted. For example, could I have a perfect memory, Johnson asked. Can I delete my memories? Can I increase my rate of learning? Can I have my brain-to-brain -brain communication? Imagine a scenario where I say I want to know what it's like to be a cowboy in the American West in the 1800s, and someone creates that experience mentally. I'm able to take that and purchase that from a person that experienced that. Understand they want to monetize memories. <laughs> he put $100 million behind this idea. This is real. The current focus of Colonel, called by Johnson, is human intelligence, HI. Forget AI. It's now HI. Okay? It's an HI company, a human intelligence company. We'll be developing new tech to treat neurological diseases. They want to build a tiny implantable chip called a neuroprosthetic that will help people suffering from damage caused by strokes concussions, Alzheimer's disease. But Colonel's ultimate objective looks toward the future, 
to continue developing the chip for the purpose of the brain's cognitive enhancement. The company's mission statement describes their goals this way, to further explore our own human boundaries. A wave of new technologies needs to emerge that can access, read, and write from the most powerful tool we have, the human brain. So could Johnson pull this off? The entrepreneur has been successful in his venture so far, making money by funding and selling the payments um, company that he start Braintree to PayPal for $800 million in 2013. Johnson is also not only one betting on the future where our brains have, um, where, you know, our brains have enhancements. Remember I mentioned previously that Elon Musk is also developing brain-computer interface and has founded a company um, to make what he calls a neural mesh a reality. You know, so they are moving forward. They are moving forward. And so we have to move inward <laughs> so we can overstand. All right, and on Wired.com, Uber's plan to launch flying cars in L.A. by 2020. So um, Uber believes it has a solution and one that goes beyond summoning someone to do the driving. Instead of driving, right, they want to use Uber Air in the company's app. They want to have Uber Air. So, again, they're, you know, they're going forward with taking off to the skies and making that a place of traffic. A lot of changes will be taking place. On CNBC.com, also referring to Bill Gates, um, his charity is offering $10 million to innovators who can solve the world's challenges. So his charity is offering $10 million to innovators who can solve the world's challenges. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is offering $10 million to fund ideas, improving education, and eradicating poverty, among other causes. The foundation teams up with MISK Foundation, which was founded by the Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Applicants can get funding for innovative ideas around education and global citizenship. Bill Gates' Chattable Foundation is putting up $10 million to fund ideas, okay, at improving education, eradicating poverty, among other things. And so this is a chance for ones that have a real plan. You know, so the MSIK Grand Challenge Initiative will fund 100 innovators with $100,000 each. Ideas must be submitted around two themes, education and global citizenship, the global citizenship. A series of grand challenges will be launched over a three-year period around two topics. The charity is looking for innovative solutions to challenges facing education systems, and it's also looking at ideas to help deliver on global goals for sustainable development, such as reducing poverty and making sure everyone has access to clean water. Those who get funding will gain access to experts and key people to help them develop their proof of concepts into real initiatives. After this, successful applicants can also apply for further funding. So for those that have the will and the plan and the ability to see something through, you know, check it out or, you know, pay that forward to someone that you know that has that energy so they can bring it forth. And she was named Let the Positivity Build Positive. We're going to take a music moment and come back with Herbnology. Blessings and grace.
get caught up in what is going on. The woman is raging and the enemy feels strong. Trials, tribulations to the left, propaganda to the right. Now we need to get it together, come together and unite. Make things as they're supposed to be.
you better eat your greens before the green consumes you. Focus on the dollar and the dream until the body lets down on you. You say that kale is hard to chew, so you'd rather eat your junk food. Stagnant frequency inside the temple. Now it's affecting your mental state of mind. It happens all the time. You better eat your green, green, green. Get the collard greens, basil, oregano. You know I love my avocado. I'm in love with the cocoa coconut. Daylight comes, told me I go pick a bunch of green bananas, boil it in a soup. So you know I gotta add some callaloo. Eat your greens. Blessings and grace, and I'm back with herbnology. In keeping in the theme of 10, I looked up the 10 best herbs for hair growth and how to make your hair grow faster. And so whatever the reason for hair loss, it's never fun. And our hair is an integral part of the way we feel about our appearance, and when we lose it, it can be damaging to one's self-esteem and one's self-confidence. While hair loss can be damaging to the way we feel about ourselves, it can be corrected easily at home with different herbal remedies. And so there's different reasons for hair loss, like heredity. Um, I've, I've often heard that the males get their hair from the mother's father, Understand? So, for the for the um, for the women out there, if your father had a full head of hair all his life and he never lost his hair, then your son should have that same way, right? And so, um, poor diet, anemia, you know, pregnancy, menopause, thyroid issues, straightening and curling irons, chemicals that are found in hair care products, you know. Um, so, ten herbal remedies for hair growth. The first one is rosemary. It's been used for hundreds of years to help in the aid of hair loss. It's great to use on thinning hair and balding. It works best um, for hair growth when it's used with olive oil. Combining rosemary oil mixed with a bit of olive oil and applying it directly to the scalp. Not only does it promote hair growth, but it also helps prevent hair from going gray prematurely. And it's excellent for giving hair follicles the nourishment that they need. And peppermint. People have been using peppermint oil for years for many treatments, including hair loss and the promotion of hair growth. It helps by stimulating the hair follicles and provides for improved blood circulation. It helps to bind the roots of the hair to the scalp. And three, stinging nettle. Stinging nettle is one of the best possible herbs you can take to stimulate hair growth. It does so by preventing the hormones that are responsible for hair loss. Taking it in a supplement form is recommended, and stinging nettle supplements are available in most health food stores around the globe. 
You can also, you can use it as an oil that is to be placed directly onto the scalp. To use this method, take a cup of olive oil and add fresh stinging nettle leaves to it. Cover it tightly and let it sit for three weeks in a cool, dry place. So adding this oil to your scalp and hair on a regular basis you will, will make you notice your hair grow quickly. And aloe, aloe is excellent for skin and hair and is excellent in the promotion of hair growth. It helps by stimulating blood circulation along the scalp. Adding pure aloe vera gel to the scalp on a regular basis will help. You can also rinse with aloe water regularly. Aloe gel is, is, um, is the best, however, for hair growth. Mixing aloe vera gel with coconut milk is a great hair growth rem- remedy. And ginkgo biloba is not just great for your memory, but this herb is awesome to stimulate hair growth. It increases the blood flow to the brain, and it also corrects any deficiency that's present in the hair follicles. Many people taking ginkgo biloba supplements on a daily basis um, just to stimulate hair growth. Ginseng um, is a pretty popular Chinese herb that many people may know about, for its stimulating effects on the brain and the nervous system. It's also great for stimulating hair growth. It's um, so good ginseng is for hair growth that you will find this ingredient in many shampoos and hair tonics. And saw palmetto, which is um, good for the men out there with um, prostate, and um, is also it prevents the hormones that causes baldness and hair loss. So when you use it with stinging nettle, the benefits are greatly enhanced. This is a way to combine a couple of herbs to get amazing results. And eight, horsetail. This herb with a funny name is one that helps strengthen hair, nails, and bones. It prevents in hair loss and is one of the ingredients you will find in a lot of hair conditioners. And taken as a regular supplement, you will notice an increase in hair growth in no time. And burdock helps to increase the blood circulation to the scalp, which in turn improves the blood flow to the hair follicles on the scalp, and it contains um, a high content of fatty acids that are necessary in the promotion for new hair growth. So these fatty acids will actually reverse the thinning of hair. Soaking burdock in olive oil and rubbing it onto the scalp is also very beneficial. And last but not least is lavender. Not only does lavender smell amazing and calm the senses, it also promotes hair growth and um, it gets rid of baldness. Using lavender oil on the scalp every day is great for tension and headaches, both of which are a big part of hair of um, hair loss. Overstand tension and headaches is a part of hair loss. When you, when you stress yourself out and you start shedding your hair, you know. So just to go over, that's lavender, burdock, horsetail, salt palmetto, ginseng, ginkgo biloba, aloe stinging nettle, peppermint, and rosemary. Hopefully that's helpful to ones. It's helpful to me. Thought I'd share, right, so we can all have hair. (laughs) Blessings and grace. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the metaphysics of the moment. Will I ever see?
gon' do? I could lose my mind if I don't see this
It is time you open up that metaphysical grave that has been dug for you, the part of you, the spark that lays buried. That is what's going to open you up. That's what's going to give you the ability to escape. Escape your metaphysical mind. 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 Blessings and grace. And I'm back with the metaphysics of the moment. We're going to go deep this evening into um, Hermes Trismegistus, Thrice Greatest Hermes, Volume 2, from Corpus Hermeticum. This is the secret sermon on the mountain concerning rebirth and the promise of silence of Thrice Greatest Hermes unto Tat, his son. And understand how the ten, the decad, is woven into one. So this is a conversation between Tat and his father, Hermes. Tat says, In the general sermon's father, thou didst speak in riddles most unclear, conversing on divinity, and when thou saidest no man could all be saved before rebirth, thy meaning thou didst hide. Further, when I became thy suppliant, and winding of the mount, after thou hast conversed with me. And when I long to learn the sermon, the logos, on rebirth, for this beyond all other things is just the beginning thing I know not. Thou said if thou wouldest give it to me, when thou shalt have become a stranger to the world. Wherefore I got me ready and made the thought in me a stranger, the world illusion. And now do you fill up the things that fall short in me with what thou saidest would give me the tradition of rebirth, setting it forth in speech and in the secret way. And now I know not, O thrice greatest one, from out what matter and what womb man comes to birth, of what seed? Hermes responds, wisdom that understands in silence, such as the matter and the womb from out which man is born, and the true good, the seed, answers, who is the sower, Father, for I am altogether at a loss. Hermes, it is the will of God, my son. Tat, and of what is he that is begotten, Father, for I have no share of that essence in me, which doth transcend the senses. The one thing that is begot will be another one from God. God's son? Hermes responds, all in all, out of all powers composed. Tat, thou tellest me a riddle, father, and dost not speak as father unto son. Hermes, this race, my son, is never taught. This race, my son, is never taught, but when he willeth it, it is memory is restored by God. Tat, thou sayest things impossible, O Father, things that are forced, hence answers what I have direct unto these things. Am I a son strange to my father's race? Keep it not farther back from me. I am a true-born son. Explain to me the manner of rebirth. Hermes, what may I say, my son? 
I can tell thee this. When now I see within themselves the simple vision brought to birth out of God's mercy, the simple vision brought to birth out of God's mercy threw myself into a body that can never die. And now I am not what I was before, but I am born in mind. In mind. The way to do this is not taught. It cannot be seen by the compounded element by means of which thou seest. Yea, I, I have had my former composed form dismembered for me. I am no longer touched, yet I have yet have I touched. I have dimensions too. And yet I am a stranger to them now. Thou seest me with eyes, my son, but what I am thus thou not understand, even with fullest strain of body and sight. Tat into fierce frenzy and mind fury hast thou plunged me, Father. For now I no longer do I see myself. Hermes, I would, my son, thou hast passed right through thyself, as they who dream in sleep, yet sleepless. Tat, tell me this too. Who is the author of rebirth? Hermes, the son of God, the one man, by God's will. Tat, now hast thou brought me, Father, unto pure stupefaction. Now hast thou brought me, Father, unto pure stupefaction, arrested from the senses which I had before. For now I see thy greatness, identical to form. Hermes, even in this thou art untrue, the mortal form doth change with every day. The mortal form doth change with every day. Tis turned by time to growth and waning, as being an untrue thing. Tat, what then is true, thrice greatest one? Hermes, that which is never troubled, son, which cannot be defined, that which no color hath, nor any figure, which is not turned, which hath no garment, which gives light, that which is comprehensible unto itself alone, which doth not suffer change, that which no body can contain. In very truth, I lose my reason, Father. Just when I thought to be made wise by thee, I find the senses of this mind of mine blocked up. Hermes, thus is it, son. That which is upward born like fire, yet is born down like earth. That which is moist like air, yet blows like air. How shalt thou perceive with sense? That which is not solid, nor yet moist. Which naught can be bound or loose. Of which in power and energy alone can man have any notion. And even then it wants a man who can perceive the way of birth in God. Tat, I am incapable of this. O oh, Father, then Hermes, nay, God forbid, my son, withdraw into thyself, and it will come, will, will, and it comes to pass. Throw out of work the body senses, 
and thy divinity shall come to birth. Purge from thyself the brutish torments, things of matter. Tat, I have tormented then in me, O Father. Hermes, a no few, my son, and they're fearful ones and manifold. Tat, I do not know them, Father. Hermes, torment is the first. Torment the first is this not knowing. The first of torment is not knowing. The second one is grief. The third torment is intemperance. The fourth, concupiscence. The fifth, of righteousness. The sixth is avarice. The seventh is error. The eighth is envy. The ninth is guile. The tenth is anger. Eleventh is rashness. And the twelfth is malice. These are in number twelve. But under them are many more, my son. And creeping through the prison of the body, they force the man that's placed within to suffer in his senses. But they depart although not at all once, from him who hath been taken pity on by God. And this it is which constitutes the manner of rebirth and the reason, Logos. And now, my son, be still and solemn, silence, keep. Thus shall the mercy that flows on us from God not henceforth rejoice, O son, for the powers of God that are being purified for the articulation of the reason, of the logos. Gnosis of God has come to us. And when this comes, my son, not knowing, see the first torment, not knowing is cast out. Gnosis of joy has come. The joy has come to us, and in its coming, son, sorrow will flee away to them who give it room. The power that follows joy do I invoke. Thy self-control, O power most sweet, let us most gladly bid it welcome. Let us most gladly bid self-control welcome, son. How is its coming doth it doth chase intemperance away? Now, forth on countenance, I call the power against desire, that my son is a righteousness, firm seat. For without judgment, see how she hath chased unrighteousness away. We are made righteous, son, by the departure of unrighteousness. Power six, I call to us against thee, avarice, sharing with all. And now that avarice is gone, I call on truth, and error flees. Error flees when truth comes. And truth is with us. See how the measure of the good is full, my son, upon truth's coming. For envy hath gone from us, and unto truth is joined the good as well, with life and light. And now no more doth any torment of the darkness venture nigh, have fled with wearing wings. 
Thou knowest now, my son, the manner of rebirth. And when the ten, overstand, let me say that again. And when the ten is come, my son, the ten that driveth out the twelve. The ten drives out the twelve. The birth and understanding is complete. And by this birth, we are made into God, who then doth by his mercy gain this birth in God, abandoning the body senses, knows himself or herself to be of light and life. And that he doth consist of these, and thus is filled with bliss, by God made steadfast father no longer with the sight my eyes afford I look on things but with the energy of mine doth give me through the powers in heaven am I in earth in water air I am in animals and plants I'm in the womb before the womb after the womb, I am everywhere. But further tell me this, how are the torments of the darkness, when they are twelve in number, driven out by the ten powers? How are the torments of the darkness, when they are twelve in number, driven out by the ten powers? What is the way of it, thrice greatest one? Hermes. This dwelling place through which we have just passed, my son, is constituted from the circle of the types of life. This being composed of elements, 12 in number, but of one nature, an omniform idea. For man's delusion, there are disunions in them, son, while in their action they are one. Not only can we never part rashness from wrath, they cannot even be distinguished. According to right reason, the logos, then they naturally withdraw once and for all, inasmuch as they are chased out by no less than ten powers. That is the ten. For, son, the ten is what is which giveth birth to souls. And life and light are unified there, where the one hath being from spirit, according then to reason. One contains the ten, the ten, the one. Father, I see the all, I see myself in mine. Hermes, this is my son rebirth. No more look on things from body's viewpoint, a thing three ways in space expanded. Though this sermon on rebirth, on which I did not comment, in order that we may not be culminators of all unto the multitude, to whom indeed the God himself doth will we should not. Tell me, O Father, this body which is made up of the powers, is it at any time dissolved? Hermes, hush, son, speak not of things impossible. Hush, son, speak not of things impossible, else wilt thou sin, and thy mind's eye be quenched. 
the natural body which our senses perceive is far removed from this essential birth. The first must be dissolved. The last can never be. The first must die. The last death cannot touch. Dost thou not know thou hast been born a God, son of the one, even as myself? Tat, I would, O Father, hear the praise giving with him, which thou didst say thou heardest when thou were at the eight, O God of powers. Hermes, just as the shepherd did to tell, I should, my son, when I came to the eight. O lost us haste to strike thy tent, for thou hast made pure the shepherd, mine of all masterhood, has not passed on to me more than hath been writ down. For full will did he know that I should myself be able to learn all and hear what I should wish and see all things. He left to me the making of fair things, wherefore the powers within me, and as they are in all, break into song. Tat, Father, I wish to hear I long to know these things. Hermes, be still, my son. Hear the praise-giving now that keeps the soul in tune. Understand, hear the praise-giving now that keeps the soul in tune. Hymn of rebirth. A hymn I would not have thought to fit so readily to tell. Hast thou not reached the end of it all? Wherefore, this is not taught, but is kept hidden silence. Thus then, my son, stand in a place uncovered to the sky, facing the southern wind, about the sinking of the setting sun, and make thy worship, so in like manner to when he doth rises, and face to the east wind. Now, son, be still. So overstand, it's the ten for the wind. It takes out the twelve. You have to cast out all these torments that's holding one's back. Sacred teachings. Hermes Trismegistus, Volume 2. All the powers are composed within us. It's willed and its memory is restored by the Most High. All have tormentors, not knowing grief, intemperance, uprighteousness, avarice, concupiscence, error, envy, guile, anger, rashness, malice. Withdraw into thyself and hit them one by one and find the power and the joy of what it is you have and who you are and where you are. And according to right reason, look at the darkness and the measure of the good. And the measure of the good. 
and the blessing of life and light that the mind has. Temperance is so important. And when truth comes, error flees. And our personal truth, our personal righteous firm seat has to be made known individually. And to stand on that ground solidly. The sacred teachings are here. You know, I'm here spreading the information is for ones to go on their own and meditate and look up the books and see for yourself before it's all taken away, understand. They're digitizing pills. <laughs> okay, they're going within with cameras and mic'd up in the body, transmitting reports. It's a shame if we're not doing that for ourselves, overstand the importance of seeking the divine being within, as in now more than ever ever before. But this is a turning point in our society and for our children's children. So what we make habit now can be traditions later. Overstand. Blessings and grace. We're going to take a music moment.
The Whitefield Brothers, featuring Bajaka, Earthology, Cyrock, The Little Spaceship, and Sugar, Jah will provide. Blessings, grace, and strength, and make the next seven days and so on carry you into the place you're meant to be so that you can expound great upon yourself. In Yeshua's name, blessings and grace. Up with the tide and the tears, I'll take breath of the rest, blooming into my fears. Smoking my chest from the stress, building over the years. What did you hear about me? Did it prepare or doubt me? Days disappear. I wash up with the tide and my tears. I'll take a breath of the rest, blooming into my fears. Smoking my chest from the stress, building over the years. What did you hear about me? Did it prepare or doubt me? the bad 
Now voices creep in my head 